Welcome to Brand Agony. I'm Alan Black. Every episode, we use the soothing power of stronger language to solve a problem for a troubled marketing professional. Today, we're talking about technicalities, or to put it another way, when it comes to content that talks about the technical specs of what you're selling, how much is too much? To answer this thorniest of questions, I'm joined by as fine a collection of paragraph pontiffs as you'll ever meet, Black Hand's Rachel McCallion. Hello. Hi, Rachel. And Shan Ross. Hi. Hello. So, on to this week's letter, which comes from Julie in Cardiff. Dear Black Hand, I work at a fast-growing software-as-a-service company, and there's one big problem. Our technical experts and our marketing team just can't agree on how technical our content should be. The boffins want to load it up with acronyms, and the marketing team prefers to keep the content simple and let those features speak for themselves. So, who's right? Yours, tortured by acronyms, Julie. Thanks for your letter, Julie. We've worked with our fair share of high-tech B2B clients, everything from liquid cooling to stadium sound systems, you can name it. Um, This is something we hear a lot, and we've got a few ideas that you might find pretty useful that will allow you to talk techie specs without getting all bamboozling. And as always, we'll tackle the situation in three steps, diagnosis, treatment, and staying healthy. And just before I step into the treatment room, I'm going to just clear my throat and... uh, Get the gloves on. <clears throat> oh, always dis- always disarming. Uh, Shan, um, diagnosis, first of all. This is an area with plenty of complex stuff going on. I don't just mean, you know, you know how many watt hours and, you know, how many ohms and things like that. Just how technical should we go? Um, it's really all about your audience. Um, and by that, I mean, who are you writing this content for? And with projects like Julie's, it could be a finance director, a CEO, an engineering team, someone else, probably all of them at different points. So Mm. um, the person researching the software might not be the person who will actually be the one using it. Okay. So that's obviously two slightly different perspectives. um, And that's very common with B2B software. So um, really, Julie needs to be catering to both. um, And not only that, but those people and what stage of the buying process they're at. Okay. So, um, for example, somebody doing their initial research, they don't really want to be bombarded with the technical specs just yet. They just want an overview of the functionality so that they can start to make a decision about what what looks good and then they can dig into those a bit more. Um, and that means that possibly a main product page could be reasonably light on the tech. Okay. But then, obviously, at some point, that tech stuff does need to come out. So as people get further into their research, you know, they're more open to reading through, um, you know, all those acronyms and all the technical details. So you can open up the amount you include at that point. Um, So maybe in something like a document that you send out to sales qualified leads, um, because at that point, people are, you know, they're already a bit invested, a bit engaged. So they're going to look at that detail more carefully. So, if you will, and if you'll allow me, it's a kind of delicious roasted onion of content um, <laughs> that you know you you peel back each you know mouth watering layer to really to, to to unveil the tasty bit for the purchasing person, the person that uses <laughs> so, so, it, yeah. the CEO, the techie guy. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I, it's perhaps an analogy too far, Shan. Apologies. No, I like it. I like it. Let's think of it like an onion. So it might be, uh, yes, tech specs are important, um, but possibly just not to the person with the checkbook. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, it's it's a balance. It's definitely a balance. And you need to sort of match that balance with your content. So, um, you know, your decision maker, their IT implementation team, they might want to know how it integrates with the rest of the IT system. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, the decision maker themselves, maybe that's not that interesting to them. Mm. That's something that maybe they'll consider later. So that's why you often see, um, you know, software um, software companies will put the top line information, the, the functionality on the main web page, but then they'll separate off the detail and they'll put it in maybe a, a PDF that they can download separately. So decision makers aren't bamboozled by all that technical stuff that might get in the way of them making the decision, um, but they easily have access to the information that they need to pass it on to the people who do want to know those things. Yeah, and it's something we've seen, although we're talking today about software as a service, we, we've seen it even in credit cards. So on the one hand, you might get a customer that is super experienced, has lots of credit cards and surfs from one credit card to the next, never paying any interest because they're really clever and they've got a spreadsheet that you know probably sets up alerts and on their phone and they're on it completely, right? The credit card we're selling to them could be exactly the same credit card that we're selling to somebody that's really new to credit cards and you know needs to understand, for example, that new customer that although it says 0% APR, you still need to make a monthly payment. I, 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 we were amazed when we start, first started working on, on, on a product like this that so many customers didn't get the basics and you do need to cater for them. But guess what? You've got to care for the super sophisticated, you know, money-saving expert type person as well. It's, uh, it's, it's the idea of, sort of essentially, I think, tailoring it and sort of beaming the right content to the right person or making sure they can, they can find it. Uh, Rachel, anything else that we need to consider here? Uh, yeah, I think I suppose my question would be, is the technical stuff interesting? So um, that's to say, does it make you stand out from the market competition in any way? Or does it okay. reassure people who need to know that you've got features X, Y and Z? Okay. Um, often those kind of disagreements between technical folk and the marketing team stem from the tech specs not always being interesting for the decision maker. Yeah, that to me feels like we're starting to dig to the heart of it here. It's, you know... Sometimes it is, as you said, about reassurance. It's like every product in the marketplace, let's say for talking sake, integrates with zero or integrates with intercom. So you know people are just looking for that box to be ticked. And if there's something really cool and special that you do as well, that'd be something that you really want to pay attention to as a purchaser. But there'll be that kind of like middle ground of things that people just don't give much of a hoot about. It maybe needs to be written down somewhere, but it's it's not really that interesting. It's it. For me, it's probably, you know, that's where you get, you get a benefit from an outside perspective, an outside, you know, expert that's coming in and think, helping you to think about your audiences and, and kind of essentially making the content fit the audience's needs. And I, I suppose in a way as well, it's about, you know, gently putting an arm around the tech team and saying, you know, kill some of your darlings. And actually, do you know what? Maybe doing up with the marketing team too and saying, that's a lovely turn of phrase. However, really... This buyer at this point doesn't give a hoot. They just want to know that it's, you know, built on Ruby and Rails and that's all they need to know. Uh, yeah, so I think there's definitely there's definitely a balance to be found with this stuff. So ultimately, you'd like anyone who lands on the website to be able to understand what it is you do almost immediately, okay. um, even if they're unlikely to convert yet. Um, and your homepage should make it really crisp and clear what it is you do. Um, as Shan suggests, once you get deeper and um, you can broaden the details and get a bit more technical and um, 
it's sort of it's sort of making it obvious that we have that technical detail if people want or need it. it you aren't focusing on it, but you're making sure that people know it's there. Yeah, no that that sounds that sounds bang on to me. Um, the other thing that I've that I've happened upon when I've been working on this kind of stuff in the past is uh, you often find that the, the the very highly technical audience is quite suspicious of of marketing messages, and you know they just want to know the kind of the, the meaty technical goodness. And often for them, they feel that the, t- the marketing message gets in the way. So thinking about how we craft the marketing message that would sit mm-hmm. in the homepage, that kind of here's why this product matters stuff. Yeah. We need to do that in a way that also speaks to the technical guys, not just the technical specs speaking to them. So there's definitely a kind of an interesting kind of swirling around, you know, issue here. And I, I think you need to bottom that out before you decide just how techy nitty gritty you really need to go figure out who the audience is, figuring out what part of the buying process they're at. That's the start. And then, you know, figuring out actually out of all this technical stuff, which bits are interesting. Let's talk about those, maybe not talk about the rest. Okay, so I think now we're pretty much ready to go into treatment. And um, I'll just uh, go into the medicine cabinet here. That's a, some vitamin D pills in there, I think, uh, this week, Shan. Um, what, what do you think the treatments are for Julie? Uh, what do you reckon we should be doing for her? Uh, yeah, this one's tough. Um not going to lie to you, Julie, this is a tough one. Um, you're going to need to figure out who has the buying power, um, who does the research, who the blockers are, you know, just understand all those different parts of your audience. Um, yeah, it will be different from organisation to organisation. So really the best way to for you guys to handle that is to take control of their journey. Okay. Um, and so the task is to build a prospect prospect journey it's quite a big task um but that's what's going to solve this problem neatly and then you know you and the the more technical people in the organization you'll be able to to agree which is good um so treat your web content as the first step include some clear calls to action and um, so that people can request the more detailed information if they want it that that is as rachel was saying okay. it's important to let them know that that's there as soon as they want it um so that's step one and um, step two you know, you might put out an email or two that give a bit more of that technical information and um, explain a bit more about how some of your key features work. Um, and that kind of warms up those leads. And then step three, that's when you can go full on, you know, technical specs, a PDF um, and let them know all the information they know to kind of nudge them into buying. Sure. And, and I guess it, it's different every time. So for some clients, it might be those techie folk want to leap straight into our a sales webinar which goes it's got the sales engineers and it's kind of a one and a half hour long you know super deep dive into the tech stuff for other folk you know it's it's the kind of complete opposite of that and they just need to know a few key things it, it really does it really does vary which is again probably why it's, it's worthwhile spending a fair bit of time on this and so that at the last minute you don't go oh no but what about the project managers they're really important too and you've forgotten to build them in and it's you know back to back to the drawing board with the proposition it does sound. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dress this up. You said this was a bit of a tricky one. This sounds yeah. complicated. This kind of you know building out the uh, the journey for these customers. Is it complicated? Is there anything we can do that might make it a touch easier? Yeah, it is quite complicated, I suppose. But you can make it a lot easier on yourself, Julie. Don't worry about that. Okay. Um, so really, it's about. It sounds like you're arguing from a marketing perspective and a technical perspective, and you can the the way to get past this is to just think about what the customer wants 
and then it sort of takes your perspectives out of it. So automation tools, your okay. best friend here. Um, automation tools will tell you what your customer is doing, what stage of the cycle they're at. You know, you can track their activity from the first time they land on your website to, um, you know, if they're engaging with the the content you're sending out to them between. Um, you can track all their, all their activity um, and you can kind of see when they are showing all the signs of being ready for the next for the next layer of the onion. Um. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> um maybe maybe it's been, you know, flame grilled by this point. I, I don't know. It sounds it sounds <laughs> great. Um it, I mean it, we HubSpot is one of the tools that does this. Obviously there there are lots of different tools out there. What I quite like about this approach, Shan, what I quite like about this this theory that you're that you're you're putting forward is that Although we're having to do a little, let's not dress up. We're having to do some work here that we probably didn't expect. But once you've done that work, it's in the system. It's automated. You've done the hard bit, which is defining everything. Then you can kind of, you know, watch it play out and then you can tweak it over time. So rather than, you know, guessing if it's, you know, I don't know, end users we need to be talking to more or finance directors or you know, purchasing people, we can see what's working. We can add, subtract, tweak, whatever, as far yeah, as we want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we use HubSpot at Blackhead and it's, it's fascinating. To it's not, we're not, we're not an authorized own. reseller. Uh, let's just make it clear. We're making uh, no money um, from HubSpot here, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good tool. Uh, other tools do exist, but yeah, it's that kind of approach, that, that idea of being forced into creating these journeys and then, tracking what happens is a great yeah. one yeah uh, Rachel what do you reckon yeah I think customer journeys um, sort of customer journeys customer personas come into play here a lot um, as okay. well so for some products say a very impressive sort of subsea probe for oil and gas exploration I don't know why you're why um, are you laughing that's very very serious stuff actually yeah <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of something very technical it's, just te- um, it's the most technical thing I could think of um, I thought you were writing about those yeah yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we have done some stuff like this and it is, it is super technical, Rich. I mean, it's a good one to pick because these things, if you, if you, if they explode before they have gone to the end of their journey under the sea, I mean, the consequences are horrific. I mean, it is, it will kill people and it will kill lots of them. So you kind of want, you do want the tech specs. If you're buying this yeah, thing, sure. you know, it's so important. That's, that's the point I'm making. Sorry, I'm, we're, making, we're making fun of you, but actually, you know, we want, if pick. we want this, with specs here are crucial when we've, when it comes to subsea probes for oil and gas exploration. Death is bad. Extremely, it's very crucial. So the people buying these want to know, want to know their stuff and they want to see the full details. Um, so, but then you've got like a, a Excuse me, a procurement—I can't say it—procurement yeah. manager. That's why. That's why you're tasked. saying it, and I'm not. Who's <laughs> <laughs> been tasked with? Um, they've been tasked with getting a better system for, say, booking meetings, okay. um, and that they, they don't really need to see the full details or, or, or know that the specs of the, the software. They just want to know that it works and it has certain features yeah. um, that they might need. So the how for them is far less important. Um, so with your well-grounded personas for your customer, you, you'll likely know which applies best over your different products or services. Um, so, so you need to do some research with buyers and, and get hard facts on what's valuable to them and what isn't. So you talk about those personas being well-grounded and you're talking about research as well. Now, we're probably not going to go into the, the, the full detail about how you conduct research to create personas because that's that's a whole piece right there. But in terms of what we might do to kind of 
not so much in defining every fine detail of the persona, but what can we do sort of practically now uh, that might allow us to get into the heart of this a little bit more? Um, well, you can you can talk to them and do some That's traditional radical. research, radical, um, or maybe you could try running an A/B test um, okay. if you're coming up against a brick wall. Um, sort of one option with the tech heavy. Um, set of content and another which makes that stuff available but doesn't sort of batter the reader over the head with it all um, and you can see which of those those two options leads to the best conversions okay. um, I think that probably would be the best route to a compromise in Julie's current uh, situation now You mentioned a, an A-B test um, that's something that I think if people haven't done them before Rachel um, I know you've done tons of them if people haven't done them before they're probably a little bit like oh god what's that is that going to mean I have to you know switch off a bunch of stuff I'm doing just now, but that's not the case, is it? You can do it and you can do it an, an A B test on a really small group, yeah? Yeah, totally. So um looking at your website or or factors of your website, like you really would only want to be changing like little tiny details which would take no time at all. Um and, and it's just it gives you the hard facts and the hard data that you need to make informed decisions about what's going to drive um, conversions on your website and um, rather than sort of going with opinion or going with what looks the nicest. Yeah, I, I agree. So A-B testing, great idea. Most of the, the big platforms allow it fairly simply. And if, if yours doesn't at the moment, then go speak to your developers. Uh, it, it makes a ton of sense. Sorry, Julie. Um, I, I think, you know, a response to your letter is there isn't a kind of quick fix here. Um, it's kind of keep taking the medicine and probably, um, you know, you might need a, a minor operation, but we're at it as well. Um, the, the, the only way to really align the two departments will be to, I guess, understand the, the audience better and to do that together. So now we've kind of got hopefully Julian a kind of reasonably good path. I think the, the next part is going to be as ever staying healthy. And I think this could be quite a tricky one here. Um, I'm going to just, um, if, if you don't mind, and rather controversially, I'm going to step up to the, uh, the harp podium. I'm going to give this a, a go this week. Just forgive me two seconds. Yeah, not as not quite what I was hoping for, but you know, <laughs> not got the musical gift. No, um, Shan, how can we take the treatments that we're prescribing for Julie and develop them long term? So, not just in the next couple of months, but you know, bed this in to keep Julie brand language healthy. Um, I think just working on that clarity around what they're providing. So, before launching into any project, just to stop and um, just make sure that you understand what your audience wants from it and then sort of answer those tricky questions about what information they need at this point before putting anything out there yeah and if, if you don't if you haven't done that if I forget forgive me for saying this again slightly hard work it can be essentially just one person's opinion against another's and you can end up just you know battering lumps out of each other um which is not great any other tips, Rachel? Yeah, I think it's, it's about rethinking this with each of your new products or services. So basically, it's just about understanding your audiences. It's that that simple, really. Yeah, I de- I definitely. I kind of think it is. Uh, and one thought that, that I've got is that, uh, Julie, if all this fails or you struggle to make it stick, you're probably looking at a more deep-seated uh, cultural issue. So there are things like a peer writing um, sessions that can really help where essentially you get somebody from the marketing team to buddy up with somebody from the technical team 
and essentially they get put through using a facilitator, they get put through a writing process. And that's a great way of, of, of essentially getting everyone to see each other's perspective. It's a kind of a, the writing equivalent of a kind of improv workshop, you know, and uh, actually it's a really lovely thing. And we've done that with a few clients and it's uh, it often just leaves them in a much better place when it comes to, you know, not falling out really more than anything. Um, and when you're not falling out and you're talking to each other and you're trying to serve the customer, then good things happen. So yeah, it's back to that idea, I think, of serving the audience and getting everybody, you know, hustled around, huddled around the concepts, you know, this idea of, you know, meeting your needs, not just, you know, shouting about how, you know, technically fantastic your product is. And I think the other thing is um, just have a bit of humility, folks. So Julie, over to you. Um, give it a go. And, you know, start sharing your understanding of the audience. Thanks for listening. We will be back soon using stronger language to cure another listener's brand agony. For more on brand language, messaging, content training and tone of voice, visit blackad.co.uk.